What's up, guys? <laughs> Why did I say that so aggressively? <laughs> uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Nick and Manny's Infinite Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, my pal, Nick. Nick, how you doing? What's up, folks? How we doing? How we doing? We're doing good. It's the end of the year. It's the last show mm-hmm. of the year. We did it. We made it through another year of COVID and death. Those are the COVID only two death, notable yeah. things of the year. World Nothing Cup. Else happened this year. Who cares? <laughs> COVID, COVID and death, death are the things that uh, <laughs> define 2022. Surprisingly, they weren't. Well, I mean, death was. At least for me. Death was a notable factor of 2022. Well, also for me. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're here. Anyway, great start. Yes, yeah, always a great start with that show. We are professionals. Very happy start. <laughs> Let's get into our thoughts on death immediately. Yeah, thoughts on death. Let's do this. There is no afterlife. We just become souls wandering through the void, like in Scooby-Doo yeah. 1. Remember Scooby-Doo when they have the souls in the punch bowl? Um, I've, I mean, I've seen the movie a bunch, but I don't remember that, no. And then they have to, like, get their souls, and it, uh, Freddy ends up in Daphne, and he's like, hey, I can look at myself naked. I do remember that part now. Yes, see, as I'm soon as I say it, I remember, remember that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that. And it's just a bunch of, like, floating heads, and they're like, Shaggy, you need to save us. It's a wild movie. Yeah. Written by James yeah. Gunn. I was going to say, did he write that or just the second one? Or did he, he wrote both? both of them. Okay. I believe. You got to start somewhere. He did that and Slither and a bunch plots. of other stuff. And now he's running mm-hmm. DC, which, mm-hmm. oh, DC. Oh, boy. Rooting for you. I really am. But we're not here to talk about that, or at least not yet. But we are here mm-hmm. to talk about our year, Nick. Your year, 2022. If you could look back and give it one word, what would you say? Mm, I actually had an idea. Now I can't place the word. I can't remember what the word was for it. Well, there you go. Uh, Unmemorable, he would say. No, 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 no. Like, if a lot of big stuff. Monumental? Is monumental. That, that the word? That's what you would call a it. A lot of big stuff happening. Yeah, let's, let's go with monumental. W. Finally moved out. Met all of you, well, not all of you, because I didn't meet any, but met a bunch of you at Wericon. That was the first trip I ever took out as, as an adult. I ate a bagel, as Jay said. That was very important. Had a job for the entire year, so, I mean, monumental in all that sense. Big life stuff happened this year, so. It wasn't always fun, but there were big things happening compared to most years when I'm doing nothing, so that's something. Gotcha. I think my word would end up being traumatizing. Oof. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things yeah. that happened this year. Oh yeah, some deaths, yeah, I know. And, and then roommates and all that stuff. But hey, we did it. We graduated. I did it, guys. I graduated college. You did, yeah. We didn't. I think last show you had like it was your last week. It was my last, last week. Show, right? I think it was like Tuesday okay. of the week I was about to graduate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did it. it I walked across the stage. People saw me do it as well. So that was that was cool. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, twenty twenty three is better. Is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. It probably will be. I mean, fingers crossed. Yes, fingers yeah, crossed. I certainly hope it is. Oh, the battery on my camera is going to die during the show, by the way. Oh, we're going to do it Wanger style, where we go to another screen and then bring out the second battery. Well, 
I don't, yeah, like, I'll, I'll just have to turn on my actual webcam at that point and probably have to fix things then. Yeah, we probably will. For those of you listening, yeah, this battery is, which is most of yeah. you, we are filming uh-huh. ourselves. Yeah, we have faces again if you watch us on Twitch. Yes. Yeah, so we'll have to fix that at some point. When the camera dies, I'll switch my camera input on um, Discord over and all that. So and it'll be a moment I'll of text stuff that I'll cut out of the actual episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I should have charged it before we started, but it had all four bars full, so I thought we were fine. Mm. We were not. We were not. Speak, but but speaking oh, well. of monumental, we did also, and by we I mean Harley started a thing in the Discord that became pretty monumental, which is oh, yeah. the Paloozas. Mm-hmm. All those. Stuff. Yeah, we've been doing, doing them. I believe next one I'm starts either next week or a couple weeks from now. But Paloozas have been good to yeah. find new music and books and movies, TV shows, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's been fun. Yeah, that has been fun. It's been a way to get to know everybody a little bit better and also just a way to get introduced to a lot of new stuff. Because for me, pretty much everything's been new. I think like there might have been a couple of albums from bands that I was familiar with, but I don't think there was really anything that I had actually like known before. Yeah, like the entire thing. Yeah, it started because you're an uncultured swine. So we needed to get you to to learn to 25 albums in my life. That's how it started way back in the day. What a shame. Back in May or whenever. Yeah, it was something more than that now. Yeah. Let's see. It was probably it was probably earlier than that. Because uh, Miracon oh, was July see. something. It was June twenty third was the day that we all met. Yeah, so. so something like that. Which means that it had to have been a couple months album. before. My guess is probably you know you can just go to the Palooza's channel and see where it starts. Oh, I cannot do that because of my screen is sharing. Um, May 16th, I said, LMAO, I haven't listened to 25 full albums in my geez, life. It feels like it so, Palooza's were probably the next week after that. No, I think or they started that day. That day? <laughs> I think probably. it started that day, and then it yeah. just sort of kept going. Yeah, that was how it started, and now we're here. Look at us. Now we're here with Palooza Volume 2, and everyone, we've had mm-hmm. four go so far, and so those have been fun. I've got mine. Let's see how well I plan it compared Let, to what I was about to say. Goes. Let's see how many you actually plan in advance this time, because last time you planned, I think, two days and that was it. Well, I had like four ideas that I was pretty confident in, and then there was a fifth I didn't know what to do with. And the order that I did them, it was like the two that I was definitely sure about and then the two that I was pretty sure about, but I didn't have a lot to say about. And then the last one, I had no idea what to do. Yeah. And, and so, also it was over seven days and I stopped at five. Yes, you did step up five, which now we are doing yeah. five days. That's been good. Which but, I think is better because weekends are difficult for people. Which I find interesting, but not. <laughs> Most people who are not us do things on weekends. See, I don't, they, they leave their house. And I don't know if that's true, bit. though. Outside of Bobby. I don't know if that's true. Most I'm not saying like just us. I'm like people in general go out on Saturdays. That's the thing people do. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this. Hashtag wealth. Jay says we have lives, bro. Well, Jay, I don't think you do, but a lot of people do. Yes. But yeah, Palooza Volume 2. That's been fun so far. It has. And I'm a little behind because I'm a terrible person, so I need to get caught up on that. Listen, I have been screwed both times. Because the first time, I got WingerCon week, and then the second time, I got the week before Christmas. Like, Christmas week. So I have been screwed both times out of my paloozas but i don't care mm-hmm. i just have them there and then people decide to look at them they're all good yeah 
Okay. Okay. What now? I mean, we can go to movies because we both did see a the big release, but there's one that we also saw that I do want to get your thoughts on. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that. So yesterday I went to the theater, the cinema, mm-hmm. as they say. I went to go see Babylon. Yes. Now you did. I love Damien Chazelle. I love Whiplash. I love La La Land. I've not seen First Man, but I love his work. Uh, usually, um, you went usually. to go see Babylon, uh, today, so it's both fresh in our minds. Um, yeah. I've had some time to sit on it. The way that I would describe Babylon is that it starts insane and ends insane, but in the middle is stuff that I actually enjoy of the movie. Okay, so define in the middle as ter- in terms of like how far after, in the movie do you like? After the Babylon title, I really like that, like, what is it, like 20, 30 minute stretch of them just on set. Yeah. I like yeah. that. And then I like, yeah. I mean, kind of spoilers for this. I don't really know, like, me describing scenarios, how spoilery that's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like the transition into the next era of cinema that they cover. And I like yeah. that whole set scene. I, I did like that. And then yeah, there's, it gets to a point ahead. where I'm like, what's going on? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it's with Tobey yeah. Maguire. I'm like, this was yeah. not necessary. Please get this out no. of the movie. No. Yeah, that's um, an overall opinion. I think this is a, I've said something like this in my quick little letterbox review is basically like, Every scene felt like a joke that was good, and then they kept telling it again until the point that it wasn't funny anymore. Like, eat, like a lot of scenes in this movie, I'm like, this is good, and then they had a button on the scene that I thought was really stupid. Um, or they would just yeah. go on for too long, or they get a little too outlandish, and it's like, I don't have a problem with the, with the stuff being outlandish in theory, but it just doesn't really work a lot of the time and doesn't feel necessary. Like, I get it. I got the point 10 minutes ago, and you're still making the same point, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of stuff like that that, that kind of bugged me. That brought the movie down for me because yeah like you mentioned all the stuff in play from the from in between the first and last half hour of the movie i thought were actually pretty good i agree which is like why it's so hard because i do like that middle section of the movie but the beginning and the end are so extreme that it Mm -hmm. brings the movie down significantly and yeah i was opening i was scared at the beginning because i'm like oh no this is a lot this is (laughs) <laughs> a lot at once but then it drops most of it and then it mm-hmm. mellows out for a g- mellows but it does mellow out for the majority of the movie and then toby yeah. mcguire gets introduced and it becomes crazy again yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, that whole sequence in particular i'm just like what are we doing here yeah that that's when uh, i'm like uh, okay yeah, i don't even know what to say I, I don't it, know what to say about it lost me and didn't get me back that was when that was yeah i would say i would say after that i'm like okay i don't like the end of this movie which is yeah sad because i typically like chazelle endings like the whiplash ending is fantastic i like the last 10 15 minutes of la la land i know that some people don't because oh it's not a happy ending i don't care about that it was done very well very tastefully and like cinematically it's very good and then this one Mm -hmm. ends in such an indulgent way that I'm like, yep. Oh, the very end. Dang, yeah. It left me on a sour note. Uh huh. Camera's flashing red, by the way. Mine or yours? Oh, yours. Mine. <laughs> so I'll we'll probably just have fix to fix this right now. Yes, go ahead. I'll keep talking about okay. Babylon in the meantime. Yep. But and I'm still talking. Everyone can still hear me. Yeah. So, so like the main, 
like I don't really know how to explain this to people, but I sort of break it down into the three main characters that we have, which is Margot Robbie playing her character, uh, Diego Calva, who I really liked in the movie. Um, he's playing his role of like an aspiring producer and like wanting to get into the movie industry. And then Brad Pitt is playing his character for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, who's pretty much like at the end of his career and trying yeah. to navigate uh, through all of that. So this movie, to me, was like a mix of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, A Star is Born, and Singing in the Rain. Those are like mm -hmm. the three movies that I would use to describe this. Um, it very clearly um, knows that it's Singing in the Rain uh, because the ending. <laughs> oh, yes. And then the trumpet player, um, who didn't get a whole lot to do. But I did like that he was included in the movie because there's yeah. one scene with him that I was like, oof. Like, it was mm -hmm. really... To me, it was like important to highlight that part of yeah. the 20s and 30s as well. So I did enjoy that. And I thought it could have been done a lot more distastefully, but it was actually done really well, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's an my image on, that'll, way, if you wanna, that'll stay with fix that at some point. Oh, are you back? Yes, there you are. Yeah, well, there we go. Oh, God. <laughs> this is a forehead. You look, you look you like, like a my thumb. scalp, folks. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? You like my thumb, folks? Or you like my scalp? That's all I can see That's is a little bald spot at the front there. Let me do. I've got that Stephen Lang cut right now. We will get to that as well. We will get to that. <laughs> oh, look, I'm uh, just enjoying this whole process of him fixing this. Transform, edit, transform. Man, the light really sucks on this webcam. <laughs> it's just your head it's, it's cropped so tight it is cropped very tight uh let's see sorry about this folks yeah it's my fault yep you heard it here my first fault for being a mac user transform transform also i just don't know how long the battery will last on my camera even when it's fully charged that's something i have to figure out Touchdown Cowboys, let's go. That's a great sound bite. Touchdown Cowboys, let's go. Let's go. Does Dak have 200 yards? 171. Okay. You need to get to 200 for, the, for this bet that I've got to hit. Carly says, okay, but does this movie have Gene Kelly's ass? It does have Gene Kelly. Yes. The movie no starts... Gene Kelly. The movie starts... With an elephant yeah, pooping on someone. Yeah, in the first twenty minutes, you have you have an elephant shitting. You have someone peeing on someone. Uh, later on, you have someone puking on someone in a ridiculously over the top moment. And yes. yeah, that's just kind of the movie. That's just the movie. It was. I'll be like, "Yep, I get the point." And then you'll have, <laughs> then you'll have fluids going everywhere. Yeah, it's and stuff it's like, like that okay. where I'm like, "Okay, we don't need that." Like, like no. if you want to have the elephant and them like getting up, that's fine. Oof, spoilers. Sorry. Uh, but like that. Eh, okay, whatever. The puke scene. I'm like, please don't do it. And then they did it. It felt and then they childish did in the way that it wanted to yeah. be exploitative or like crass. And I'm like, this isn't because like you can have like the exploitative nature of stuff, like what I said earlier with the trumpet mm -hmm. player or with uh, like other scenes in the movie regarding image for actors and all that stuff. And that can be fine, but poop and 
barf jokes are kind of just like not good. Yeah, especially not here when it's overall trying to make a serious point. Yeah, so it just yeah wasn't that I a eat fan it. Of that. I eat it by the way, but I do like. See, it's weird because I like the cinematography of the movie. I like yeah, the generally. coloring of the movie generally for me. Um, there are great shots in here that I will still think about. The one of Margot Robbie crying. That that's one that's just in my head. The one I mentioned earlier with the trumpet mm-hmm. player. Like there are good things like that. I think the performances are all good for the most part. I think Brad Pitt is just sort of he's playing a character that's tired. So Brad Pitt seems like he's tired as well in the role. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it seems like he's playing his character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as again. But I still thought he was good. Um Yeah. I generally like him, so him yeah. doing Brad Pitt is like not a bad thing to me inherently. Exactly. <laughs> Get a Nick on light. Yes. Send the light to Nick. Yeah, thanks, Max. Yeah, I just had to turn my actual camera off because I did not charge the battery because I am uh not a smart content creator yet. Exactly. See, I have a little my mom has a key light, so I just took hers. And so that's on me. Yeah. I need something um, like that. So would I recommend this movie? No. But do I like it? Kinda. You did not give it a heart. I did not give it a heart because I don't see myself rewatching this. But okay. there is good stuff in here. Like that I would watch scenes of on YouTube or something like that. Like I said, yeah. the first like onset experience, I thought that was all great stuff. I really was yeah. engaged from that point on. But yeah, and there's some like because like that's coming with Giselle. He's got great rhythmic editing, like especially yes. the music, like the, the dancing in the opening sequence is really good. And then the intercutting between Margot Robbie and Diego Calva on set mm. um, in the and the sequence after that is excellent. Like there's really good stuff in here, I think. There and, is. And overall, yeah, I'd, I would, I don't know if I quite say I'd recommend it because, yeah, there's a lot of people that I don't think it'll be for. So I don't know how like well I can really recommend it, but I liked it more than I thought it would, at least. Based on yeah, everything I, I was going in. I was curious how you're going to feel about it, which is why I didn't say yeah. anything, because I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to even give like a hint as to what the opinion of me is in this movie. But yeah, like yeah. I said, starts insane, ends insane, but I like the middle portion of this movie the most. And that's where I think it works best. So Mm -hmm. that's a review of that. Kind of a hard one to talk without getting super in depth with spoilers or plot points or anything like that. So it's a little too babble long, in in my humble opinion, I will say. I'll allow it. I'll allow it because it is long. You could, you could, like I said, you could (laughs) cut all of the Tobey Maguire stuff. Just get Uh that out of the movie. If you do Mm -hmm. where she comes back to that character, she's pleading and then you don't do any of that stuff and you cut to them going where they go that saves what another 20 minutes from the movie yeah and it doesn't really it's not really that change it's not that effective. it's not by that it. affected by it because you can still have again the beats there like that entire yeah ugh. again like i say you can still get the point across which a lot of these sequences do and then they add that button that's like i got it beforehand you didn't need this you yeah. really did not need this extra thing, which uh, I mean, someone out there will argue, well, the movie's excessive because it's t- talking about all this excess. It's, it's like talking about no, the, the Hollywood Babylon and all that stuff. I, I, uh-huh. I understand yeah, yeah, what yeah. it's trying to do, but I don't mm-hmm. need it because you can do it in a lot more subtle ways because the bombastic nature mm-hmm. of the movie 
does come through like the the editing yeah. style and the shots themselves and the way the camera's moving conveys that through it yeah. in my opinion this oh, the the wardrobe and just how quick it's going conveys the chaotic nature of hollywood and the times there and the way that they do explore i don't feel like this is a spoiler but the way that they do explore the change from uh no dialogue to talkies like i thought that was handled well uh, the scene is a yeah. bit long but i did like the oh, yeah. ramp up going to there and it's weird yeah. because the act yeah, that was my favorite scene yeah and then the button at the end I'm, i didn't need yeah it's like yeah i get it I, I already got it before and you didn't have to go to this extreme i understand yeah and the uh but that's the story of the movie the actor who is playing the produce the ad of the movie um uh-huh. he's the voice of a character in legend of Korra. so every time okay. i saw him on screen i was just imagining that character saying those things so it was fun in that aspect and being like <laughs> huh what a what a way to imagine bolin saying this um but yeah it, it it's a movie about excess that's excessive but I like some of it. So it's. Yeah. I it like is what it is. I, I do like a lot of it, but the beginning and ending really just bring it down. But yeah. That's one three hour movie that we watched. The other one was Avatar. Uh-huh. We, uh, finally, I finally got around to seeing Avatar The Way of Water after it being like two or three weeks ago. I'll let you take this one because this is one that you. See, like, Chazelle is my world, and then James Cameron is yours. <laughs> James Cameron's my entire world, it's true. Yes. Um, I, I wanted to see it again by now. Probably, I might actually see it tomorrow, but it did not, it did not happen yet, so my thoughts are not going to be super fresh. It's been, I guess, two weeks to the day now since I saw it, so um, there's some stuff I've forgotten, but it's felt a lot like the first movie to me in terms of what I liked and what I didn't like. The first movie, I think, is really clunky for the first half hour or so, and this one I felt pretty much the same about. Um, and then once it got past a certain point, some of the clunk out of the way, like all the exposition at the beginning got out of the way. Uh, when, it, when it turned into an actual like real adventure, I started to enjoy it. Um, I would say plot wise and characterization wise, I do enjoy this much more than the first one. Um, and a lot of the action, I think, is, is really excellent as well. People talk about the third act a lot, and I think that's really good. But the whole um, a lot of stuff happening in the middle, like some of the action beats as far as that goes, I really did enjoy. And I enjoyed all the new characters quite a bit, I will say. Um, there's some some potential plots in future movies that I'm not necessarily excited for right now, but um, I'm OK with I'm OK with where they left this one at and everything like that. Um, I'm kind of rambling just because I'm trying to remember things from the movie as I go. But overall opinion, as I can think of it right now, was really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. We have technical problems that you and I both have that think, I think will probably be the main issue that each of us bring in just a second here. But um, yeah, as far as the movie itself, I was a fan and it was about as it was about what I hoped for it to be. It was not a five, not a five out of five or a 10 out of 10 or anything for me, but uh, it was a worthy sequel and one that I was happy with. Yeah, what I liked about this movie was how little human stuff there was comparative to like the first one because the first one it's a lot of just humans and i'm like okay i don't care about this or it's not doing anything for me but even if you are going to include it write it better um this one i felt way more immersed i guess because we just start off in pandora immediately and we Mm -hmm. sort of already know the characters and we know 
the world a bit. So it's just sort of taking us through uh, the setup for, I guess, the main story. But even then, it's not really because that's one thing with this movie where I feel like there's one half that is talking about uh, Jake and his family going to the the other tribe with the water avatars, I'll call them, the water Navi. And then there's another side that's a character trying to hunt down Jake, but I don't feel like either of them ever really crossed into being the same story until the third act. Because mm-hmm. even before that, like there's a scene where uh, the characters that are hunting down Jake, they they uh, they end up like hunting a specific animal and stuff. And I was like, okay, what is this like side quest thing of them now introducing a new element or whatever to the story and then blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, it's a ploy to get Jake. And I'm like, what? It it just didn't, the two stories didn't mesh for me. So once again, I didn't really care for the human side of it, but there isn't a whole lot of it this time. So I like that better. Mm. Um, And then I did enjoy the stuff with Jake and his family and going with the, uh, I, I keep forgetting their name, uh, but the new tribe um, that they're with and seeing the way that the water was explored. Haha, <laughs> way of water. Funny. Um, but it was it was good. I was way more interested in that side of Pandora than I was in the forest and the stuff from the first movie. Uh, the yep. the high frame rate is an issue, but the main issue for me is just the trail of cultures and the attempts at diversity that i think just fall really hollow given what looks like they're setting up with kiri i'm like really you're gonna do that with this story it still doesn't work for me ultimately um at least like that section of it i do like this one better than the first but those issues still linger for me and become more persistent the more that i think about the movie yeah all that i think is fair i've still like even though i like both these movies like the cultural depictions are still an issue and i think that's just something that these movies are going to be stuck with at this point and like it's still an issue and i'll bring it up with each of these movies but it's not as um, clearly it's not as big an issue for me as it is for you even though i do see it and I, i do think specific instances like i would not cast a white woman in that role for example like that's the big thing for me in that uh, particular yeah the instance, chief's but, wife I'm like, yeah, that was not needed no. at all. I don't think you needed to bring back Sigourney Weaver for that role. I, I know why they did it because of what they explained at the beginning of the movie, which disarmed me a mm-hmm. little bit because I was like, why is she playing Jake's daughter? But they explain it in a way that I'm like, OK, I guess it makes sense for Sigourney to be back for this. Um, But I still think that you don't really need her to play that role because you can get anyone like you can get a person of indigenous descent to play that role and have it be more meaningful for what I think they're going to set up for the next movie with that character. Um, yeah, we'll get into spoilers in a little bit, I guess, because it's made a billion dollars. So if you haven't seen it, you probably mm-hmm. won't. Um, but there's that. Then is it Kate Winslet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then her role in the movie just feels kind of weird and still following. Jake has a less pronounced role in this movie, which I think is fine. Um, I, I did like the kid characters, actually. Um, For the most part, Spider's kind of a 
weird character there. Um, but I did yeah. like uh, his Jake's kids kind of discovering Pandora and what they're going to end up doing there. So I did like that aspect of it. And I did find the acting good uh, on that part. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's stuff like I don't really care to see Stephen Lang in these movies anymore after the first one. I feel like they could have done something way more interesting within Pandora itself and not had as much human characters, which even then the uh what's his name? His the the dude, the scientist dude, Jimmy. I'm gonna call him Jimmy. Uh, oh, Jermaine Clement? No no no, not Jermaine Clement. The the one from the first movie that was with oh, Grace. Uh, Norm, the good Norm. guy. Norm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, the gotcha. good guy. Like like there he's there a couple of times. Like he has a couple of scenes in the mm. movie and stuff. So even that I was like fine with. Um because it's still addresses the presence of humans on pandora but they aren't like excavating or anything like that except for jermaine clement who was yeah. when i saw him on screen i'm like is that is that jermaine clement of all people to it be was. in this movie and he has kind of like a minimal role mm-hmm. so that was interesting i recognized him as someone but i did not know who he was until i looked at the cast afterward i'm like here's someone that i've seen somewhere it, the other but, thing that that like bothers me it not really like a bothers me, but it, it's kind of like a weird thing is that James Cameron mm-hmm. doesn't let them use their actual accents because Sam Worthington is British, Australian. I don't know what he is. Uh, Australian. Australian. Yeah. So he has an Australian accent, but he's using an American accent, but his Australian accent comes out multiple times yeah. in the movie. So I'm like, just let him use the Australian accent. Like, I know that they can't because of the first movie, but still, you could have done that. And then Jermaine Clement is a Kiwi, so his New Zealand accent mm-hmm. would pop in every now and then. And I'm like, that's not your real accent. And maybe it's because I have seen Jermaine Clement in a bunch of stuff, so I'm like, I know what he sounds like. But he sounded, like, weird to me in this movie. And then yeah. Sigourney Weaver is also putting on an accent of a kind as well. It's very subtle, but still, that's there. So, it's... Yeah, the depictions of cultures and indigenous people is something that i feel gets mixed messaging in the movie itself because if they are trying to set up like certain characters for these roles it's weird that they have white people portraying them and not indigenous uh people and i feel like it kind of adds to the othering of the movie which i know is not james cameron's intent he cares he like he seems like he cares a lot about indigenous stories and indigenous peoples and protecting like indigenous tribes but it's just weird that after 13 years the same issues from the first one persist for me personally yeah yeah i think i still think they're less of an issue overall than i have as far as that goes with the first one but it's still there and at this point the fact that they aren't fixed for lack of a better term just is like just means that this is what the rest of these movies are going to have. And so that's something that I've just accepted, but it's also something that I'll bring up with each new movie as well. Yeah. And it's weird because you cast someone like Cliff Curtis, who is indigenous. He is Maori, uh, which mm-hmm. is what the like water tribe is essentially like taking yeah. inspiration from. But then you also cast Kate Winslet as his wife. So it is it, yeah. just really weird because yeah. you have people that are maori or you know from island um cultures that could play that role and do it well so it's just it's 
weird. I know that they'll continue with this and I'm never going to like it because it's been so many years since the first one. I feel like they would have learned that message by now, but they haven't. So it's it's a lot of the same issues persist in this movie as in the first one. But I guess they just some of them bother me less in this movie, whereas some of them come more into prominence. And one of the major ones that has come into prominence has been the high frame rate of this movie. Because this movie <laughs> bounces between 45 frames, 45 or 48 frames per second, and then goes back to 24 frames per second. And it's not like, okay, so they'll use 45 for vistas or for flying with uh, creatures that they have or going underwater with the creatures. Uh, no, they'll use it for shot reverse shots, like over the shoulder shots. So you'll be in a conversation with Jake and then Nateri as well. But Jake is shot in 45 frames per second. Then Nateri is shot in 24 frames per second. But then you go back to Jake, and he's back in 24 frames per second. It, it's never mm-hmm. consistent in what it's trying to do. So it's always jarring. I'm someone yeah. that if you're going to do high frame rate, do it all in high frame rate. If you're going to do it in 24, yeah. do it all in 24. Or at least have like consistency with what you're shooting in high frame rate. This was not that, and that's why it bothered me. Yeah, well, because if you're consistent, your eyes will adjust and you'll just be used to it eventually. And I still think I mostly adjusted to this. Like, I would still notice when it went back and forth, but it was less of an issue the more I got used to it. But, like, if you're, like, say, the Hobbit movies when they came out and they were in 48, it's, like, it's a little weird for a couple minutes, and then the rest of the movie's like that. So I'm just, like, it got normalized for me. Like, vision. Yeah, once once I once I'm used to it, I'm used to it, and it's just I'm just rolling with it at that point. But like going back and forth just is a distraction in its own way. And I think it like at a certain point, I think the 3D probably helped with this to an extent. I mostly got past it, but it was still like on occasion, it was still an annoyance, but it wasn't that big of an annoyance for me. Like if you told me that they were going to be going back and forth like this before I watched it, I think it would have been really concerned about it because I think I would have expected it to bother me more than it ultimately did. Yeah, but I still hope like on on home video or in the I think in the regular 2D showings, it's still doing the frame rate thing. So I really hope when it gets to streaming or home video that it's going to be consistent. That's my I don't that's my concern. I don't want it to go back and forth or give us or like give us a special features. That's the high frame rate Mm -hmm. version or something like that, like an extra. Yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. I I also saw it in 3D, so I don't I can't speak to it being uh. 24 in regular screenings and stuff but he just felt like and you'll understand this because you play video games but it feels like when you're yeah. when you go from a cutscene to gameplay and you're like all right mm-hmm. this isn't 30 fps and now we're in 60 and it like it's yeah. such a jarring shift and it felt yeah. like because certain games will just like drop frames randomly when something gets really intensive on either the cpu or gpu or something like that so you'll be like having conversation, then boom, an explosion happens. You drop a couple frames and then it'll go back to whatever it was. That's what it felt like multiple times throughout the movie where you would see like, OK, now they're doing this and now they're flying and boom, it's all good. But now they're going to dive down into a battlefield where there's scorched fire and all this stuff. And now it's to 24. So it just it was really jarring. But Yeah. That's the high frame rate talk. That's all we can really say about yeah. it. I feel like you... At least from what I've gathered, you and me are both like, if you're going to do high frame rate, commit to it and do it all the way yep. and we'll accept it for what it is and we'll get yeah. used to it and adjust to it. So, yeah, I'll still ultimately prefer 24. But if a movie just commits to being high frame rate the whole way, I'm not going to necessarily be against it. Yeah, 
exactly that that's where i'm at as well yeah were there any spoilers you did want to talk about because the only thing i can talk about is the character of kiri um i mean we can give people a little warning i can try and think of a couple things that i do want to talk about but warning uh, yeah. we're gonna address just yeah, some minor spoilers or we'll address spoilers but they're only going to be a couple yeah. things that we want to talk about quickly, and then we'll move on to the next. I'm going to talk thing. about the end a little bit as well. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Spoilers in three, two, one. Spoilers. Oh. So Kiri was just made from the Awa, right? <laughs> I guess so. Like, so she's just going to be they... Jesus in these stories? Yeah, it's like this movie didn't really have a savior narrative because Jake was a Navi from the start, but they're going right back to it eventually is kind of what it seems like because they hint at like they or they make jokes about Norm being the dad. But like there's really if she has an actual dad, there's like two people it could be. It's either Norm or Giovanni or BC, and that's pretty much it. And I don't expect it to be either of them. Yeah. So she's Anakin or you're any Jesus stand in that you want is what she's probably going to be. Exactly. Which makes that casting so much more, like, harmful. Because if you're going to say that yeah. someone came from, like, the the ancestors or the religious uh, people in power or however you want to say it, I feel like you should be then tied to that culture. But casting Sigourney Weaver to essentially play Jesus feels kind of weird, given that the whole tribe is indigenous and... The other tribes that we've seen are also supposed to be indigenous. So it, it it feels like putting an actor in like blackface, essentially saying like, oh, yeah, this is who's going to play your part because they're the only ones that can bring in money or whatever. Or like, this is a safe person that I know can do the role well. And it's like, OK, we get that. But you could still cast other people to play that role and do fine and bring up an up and comer for such a prominent role in the franchise to help build up indigenous actors and having, helping them get seen. Because this year, you know, we had Prey with Amber Mid-Thunder, and there's also stuff like Reser uh, Reservation Dogs, which is, like, also introducing new indigenous actors to people. So it's just weird that that's the... Allegedly, that's what that role looks like it's going to be, and it's played by a 70-year-old white woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's weird, and, like... What it will boil down to, I think his defense of it would be that it's about bridging the cultures together, which like in theory is a nice idea. But but you have that with Jake. It comes, it, oh, I know. I know. I know. And I feel like this is like supposed to be an extension of that because his kids like they bring up a point that his kids are like they've got different got fingers than everyone fingers. else does. Like they're they're different. Yeah. Mm. Like they make they they make an other of them to an extent, even among the Navi. So like there's that idea there about being like a bridge between two cultures. And I think they're going to the extreme with that character. And yeah, in concept, that doesn't sound terrible. But you put in all the extra context of this being a seven year old white woman who died in the first movie. And she's playing a kid now, which is weird. And she's crossing cultures, which is also weird. It just makes it weirder than it should be. And even though I like the character, like I actually find her to be a likable character. I think Sigourney mm -hmm. does a good job, even with all that weirdness. It still feels a little weird at the end of the day. Like that, I won't dispute at all. It does. And and like her character just gets powers that they don't ever explain. Like she can yeah. control like the sea life and she has seemingly yeah. like she can adapt very quickly to the uh to the water tribes uh like practices because she's underwater way longer than any of the two brothers and the little sister uh seemingly are so it's like 
okay, so we understand that she's proficient in all these things, but are you ever going to explain it? No, they never do. They just sort of go like, yeah, this is a thing. And then the third act happens where they need to save yeah. Jake and Atiri, and she just does it. It's, yeah. It's kind of weird. It and no weird. one questions it either. No one questions it. Natiri doesn't question it. Jake doesn't question it. Like, they don't ever say, how did you do that? Or, like, how are you so, like, in tune with all this stuff? We have the conversation with Jake and Kiri where she says, like, I can feel the Awa in me. But it just never explains itself ever. And Carly's saying Mary yeah. Sue. It, it's... Yeah. I don't know if I would call it... I mean, I... It leans closer to that than something like Ray because Ray, we sort of get that she wants to be in tune with the Force, and then they do explain it of her being sensitive and all sorts of whatever. Anyways, uh, going into well, Star Wars talk, which I don't care about. Also, the idea of the Force is a, is a much more established thing in Star Wars at that point yes. than anything that Awa has has been for this. Exactly. So I'm like, is Awa essentially the Force? Like, my guess is that Awa is just the spiritual connection that they have to the land and to the people and to mm-hmm. the waters and all that stuff. So, like, that makes yeah. sense following what I know. And keep in mind, this is a very uninformed person who's not super extremely knowledgeable on indigenous people and indigenous cultures. Uh, but from what I do know, that is something that is very important to indigenous culture and indigenous people is the preservation of the land and the mm-hmm. connection that they have with that and uh, resources that they might get from that. So it makes sense that yeah. that's what the AWA would be, but they never explain it. So Kiri yeah. just being able to manipulate those kinds of things seems weird. Yeah. And like on top of that, just from a storytelling standpoint, a lot of her stuff in this does just feel like sequel setup. Like it does. most of the plot is not with her. It's with the youngest kid mm-hmm. or not the youngest kid, but the, young, um, the, youngest, the younger brother, the, the younger son, yeah, yeah, the younger brother. A lot. Most of the plot is with him and she has her moments, but it's also it feels more like she's going to be more important down the line. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it feel a little more annoying to be in this movie right now as well, I would say. Yeah. And I just felt like. They would just have the camera on her doing something and then just cut away and never have it mm-hmm. like tie into anything until the, the third act, which I'm interested yeah. what you think about the third act, because I didn't super care about it. <laughs> I don't think I liked it as much as a lot of other people seem to. I still think it was a good action sequence and there were a lot of good emotional beats toward the end that I enjoy. But I also mm. think you talked about the two plots being separate for a lot of the movie. I don't think there is enough of a connection between Courage, who's Stephen Lang's character, and Jake, even from the first movie, for me to fully buy into this co- like this conflict between them in this movie to like to the extent that they want you to. It feels like it's this huge confrontation that they've been really building to, but I mean, we had that already for one, and they haven't really interacted in this movie to build up another confrontation, really. So that part feels a little weird to me. Um, I get the I get like I understand that he's mad that Jake killed him in his past life, basically, and all that. And he wants revenge, and he still feels like Jake betrayed everybody, essentially, which I get. But that part from a storytelling standpoint didn't re- didn't really work for me. And I also think the death of the older brother, like it hit for me to an extent. I think in the last couple scenes when it's Jake and Atiri connecting and seeing him in the past, I thought that stuff really worked. Got me kind of choked up at the very end, but he got the least characterization of all the kids to me mm. and he was he sort of took a backseat especially compared to kiri and the younger brother um Loak, Loak, i think his name is yeah. yeah so that 
Death didn't have the punch for me that it could have because they, he never really had much of the focus. Like he, he was yeah. very one dimensional. It's like he, he's supposed to keep his younger brother in line and Jake's kind of mad at him the whole movie. And that's it. And I think it's good stuff for Jake and interior to explore. But I don't think they got as much out of that as they could have. It feels a little too early for a death like that to happen. I agree. I think if you are going, this is how I felt. I'm like, if you're going like, I'm fine with you killing the brother and stuff, because that means one thing to that brother. I feel like they should have, not that they should have, but they could have killed Jake and also perpetuate that story forward. Cause now it's no longer. I thought they were going to as well. I thought he was well, going to die. They're, they're going to by the end of these. I'm 100% sure he's dead by the end of these movies. Oh, I agree as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Like, yeah. But I thought it was going to happen as early as this. And it, it, they did a good job making me think it was going to happen in that scene where he almost drowns. But yeah, um, I was ready for it. I was like, okay, this is good. We've gotten yeah. Jake out of the story. He did his part. He raised his kids in the, in the Navi way. He brought them to a safe space. You know, they're 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 gonna be okay and now loak has to take on that responsibility with natiri of having to lead the family together now and stuff mm-hmm. he doesn't die so i'm kind of like did i guess he learns his lesson by the end of the movie and now they're gonna be um uh, in the new tribes like family now and their ways and stuff but i feel like jake's death would have helped further loak's characterization in his arc throughout the entire movie for me personally yeah and i feel like it would have been a good place to leave the avatar franchise because at least you have one sounds weird saying this because i don't i don't hate white people or anything like that but for this kind of story (laughs) i feel like there shouldn't be any slash many like just get him out of the way and now you have the next generation of these kids and atiri that are going to be leading the franchise forward and i think it could have been done really well because jake's part in this movie is pretty minimal and i don't necessarily like feel him left out like the scenes that he has help progress the story forward but his entire character in this movie is i'm a father who's stern with my kids like that's pretty much his entire characterization in the movie yeah i think natiri takes even more of a vaccine i agree in this movie natiri has which i was i was surprised at how little she's actually involved like she's She's not really propelling the plot in any way at any point. Mm-hmm. Like she's there and like it makes sense that she's there in the scenes that she's in, but she doesn't really add a lot to the movie. And I think Zoe Saldana is maybe the best part of these movies, especially the first one. Like her performance is some of the best stuff in the first movie. So it feels mm-hmm. weird that she takes a bit of a backseat, but she's got I like I I can see where they're gonna explore stuff with her in at least this next movie with Spider especially. Hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean I just feel they like set they... that part up and yeah i just feel like they took like natiri's voice out of her character because she's there Mm -hmm. like she she has like a couple things of talking with her kids and all that stuff but i feel like she never really has a scene of taking command in the tribe in her family especially like she doesn't really have that voice that input that she should she doesn't she's not talking with the sons at all in the entire movie like she doesn't have that i feel like we don't learn anything about natiri in the movie at all either if you if you're so opposed to leaving uh the specific part that they were in in pandora which i understand which they do explain of saying like oh my father said that we were going to lead and blah 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 like there should be more with her dealing with 
having left her people? Does she feel guilt about it? Does she still linger about it? Is she in contact with any of them from there? Because we know that they that her people, mother's still there. Her mother's still there. Exactly. So it's like And she's supposed to take up that role when her mother dies. I yeah. So I'm like I just watched Nate, the first movie and they mentioned that. Yeah. So like Nateri is very shut out of this movie until the third act. And even the third act, yeah. her main thing is I'm a warrior. And that's her entire mm-hmm character for the third act of the yeah. movie it feels very like weird <laughs> it does had to call for a second sorry yeah um yeah i mean yeah those are most of my main thoughts i mean i sound like this hate i, was, I sound like i hate this movie i don't hate the movie i think yeah, it's I'm fine more it's, than i actually feel these are just like the issues that i'm the I same have, way but as a whole watching it it's a fun adventure for me like it's a blast for me to like, it was a blast in the moment it's right? it's entertaining but when you sit down yeah, and yeah. think about it more you're like why didn't that happen what happened to this part but it's also not it's, falling apart for me or anything like it's just compl- it's just criticisms that i have it still works for me on the whole like yeah. all the stuff i'm talking about like even the death of the brother that i still think they could have gotten more out of or they could have done differently it's like i still think it works and i still I still think the last, like the the ending of the movie, I still think is really good. But yeah, I mean, there's just some stuff that works and some stuff that doesn't. That's just a movie at the end of the day. Like nothing's perfect. So even though I really like it, these are just some of the complaints that I have. Yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting one to talk about and to think about, especially because yeah. there because there's a lot yeah. of technical merit to it. I mean, it looks great. The water looks mm-hmm. really good. Like it all technically works but coming down to script and story which has always been my issues with the avatar movie and now this one as well it it just still breaks down for me yeah and i personally think from a storytelling standpoint this one works much better than the first one does it, i will say i so think that. it even is with, better even because with its it, issues like certainly from an emotional standpoint i think it hits more yeah i but yeah it still has its issues and i'm not pretending it's perfect or anything yeah i guess it was it's weird because we do spend a lot of time in Pandora in the first one, but I feel like I'm much more connected to this one, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like, I'm much more connected to mm-hmm. the tribe that they're exploring, the animals that they're exploring, the area that they're going to. Like, all of that just works a lot better for me. But, hey, it it's a movie. It made a billion. It'll probably cross two billion in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, there it is. That's our Avatar Way of Water uh, discussion. Yeah. yeah, I recommend it on the off chance that you haven't seen it and you've stuck around for this whole thing. I would still recommend it. I would recommend it, but with the caveats that I said. So if you are sensitive yeah, to those kinds there. of things or if any of those things kind of deterred you, take that as you will. But there are things that I felt needed to be pointed out. Also, spiders yeah. and ass. <laughs> should have let Stephen Lang die. Sorry, last point. Stephen Lang should have died in this movie. You just kill him off. Yeah. He- yeah, but I mean, I get it in the sense that, like, I don't know what they would have be the human threat from then on because don't have a human gonna, threat. They're still going to be. Well, there's going to be. I know like, there is going to be. From that standpoint, I still really like his performance and I like the character. So, like, if it's got to be, if there's got to be someone, I'd rather have him than anybody yeah. else. Like, I think this movie you mentioned not having the human element or nearly as strong, at least compared to the last movie, helped this movie tremendously. Specifically, Giovanni Ribisi, I thought his character sucked in the first movie, and I still feel. So only having him in that one little scene that was a flashback, like, perfect. I know he's going to come back eventually, but I was glad to not have him or just any of that stuff. It makes sense to have all that stuff in the first movie, but I do not miss it at all in the slightest. 
Yeah. So that's that is finally the end of our Avatar discussion. Now to go into yeah. a movie that Nick doesn't like talking about, which is Knives Out. But we'll. Oh right. Glass Onion. That was uh the other movie that came out. How many movies have I seen in the last week? Five. I think I've seen five. Um, there's three that we've mentioned, and you saw Banshees and Fable. another one that you. Yeah, which we're going to talk yeah, about. Fable we're not going to talk about Fable. Yeah, I'll talk about that next. Okay. Um, okay. So Glass Onion. It was funny because mm-hmm. you sent me the message saying, well, I'd like seen your review. And I said, really? And you said, I could not stand this movie for the first 30 minutes. And then I watched it. I'm like, hey, this is a fun first, first 30 minutes. Like I was okay. into it like pretty immediately. Um, overall, it's not as good as the first one. Like it's uh, no, it's not as good as the first one. I think the mystery is a lot less interesting, but I do like the storytelling techniques that Johnson used in this movie. I think that's good. I like the performances in this movie. I know that they're over the top and that some people might find it grating and all that other stuff, but I was having fun because they were having fun with it. Um, uh, Janelle Monet is good, and Dave Bautista continues to prove mm-hmm. that he is the best WWE turned actor. Uh, that is that we've seen so far i can barely like you're i'm lagging a lot and i don't know how to fix it right now oh no you're cutting out most of i'm not hearing most of what you're saying I'm assuming it's I also fix it could all. also just be me it could be yeah keep going we'll oh see no it. i finished my thoughts um yeah so actors i don't blame any of them for the, for this there's characters that i really don't like and like just a lot of for lack of a better term stereotypes which i know is what he's going for and it's making fun of people that i also hate so i don't dislike it just in that sense on the surface but i don't think it really works well as a satire for me and at a certain point when that's like all the characters that there are and there's nothing else to them beyond those basic character traits i'm just like I was just annoyed by the whole deal, even though I understand what they're going for. Even if it's going for something I agree with, I still don't, didn't really care for it at the end of the day. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Jill Monet was great. She like she's in basically the Anna Armas role from the first movie. She and uh, Benoit have a very similar relationship uh, as to he and Anna Armas in the first movie. So like I'm starting to see some of the tropes of what these movies are going to be. And that one like him basically having a sidekick is something that I do enjoy. And I, I enjoyed it, I think, even more here with the way that this movie is structured because they're on the same side basically from the get-go but yeah for for every moment like that it was it was there were three cultural references that i'm that i just got annoyed by even though some of them make sense later on like particularly among us like for what his role actually is as, as it pertains to the group uh, of people he's around i get it as like foreshadowing to that but i still think it's a silly stupid very specifically timely cultural reference that i could have done without and there's a lot of stuff like that that just kept bugging me a little like little little things irritating me throughout the movie that kept pulling me out of it um yeah and there's not much actual mystery to it even though that's also the point i still enjoy it a little bit less because of that i guess there's like my opinion can be boiled down to i understand why this was done the way it was and i just didn't really care for it well you see an onion has layers Mm mm-hmm and when you peel back the layers of the onion, you get to the coal. What an accent. <laughs> it's such an accent. Have you seen all of the memes of people writing yeah. down like scripts of what Benoit mm-hmm. would say? The Ratatouille yep. one killed me. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a Twin Peaks one that was really good that I sent one of my friends, and yeah, mm. most of those are good. And people who have actual ideas of like setups for future movies, I'm like, these are cool. They're kind of fun. I kind of hope he doesn't read this because I know he's on Twitter a lot. You can tell if you watch this movie. Um, so like, I hope he has really good original ideas in there that are different from what people are coming up with. But people are coming up with some pretty funny ideas. <laughs> yeah, there are there are some pretty funny ideas. I've seen people saying like, oh, who would you? casting knives out like three and all stuff and some of the cast i'm like i don't know Th- these aren't it yeah, just cast good actors exactly the one they've done the twice. one the one that i did like was someone did the uh the cast of don't worry darling <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like okay that's a funny one to have implemented there uh-huh. but some of the other ones i'm like eh not really i don't really think that those and and to be fair, this is just me going off of what I perceive of them. But I know that, you know, they're actors, they can play different roles. But I'm like, I don't know if I could see them sort of portraying the characters that he likes to write. Uh, n- not just for Knives Out, but stuff like Brick or any of the other movies. Um, mm-hmm. So overall, I did like it more than you. I still don't like this as much yeah. as the first one. Um, but I had a fun time. And we'll see what they do with Knives Out 3. Yeah. Yeah, I rewatched the first one right before I went to see this, I guess, last month because it's still December. Yeah, I barely um, saw it this week. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was actually I worried that I wouldn't like the first one as much when I watched it again, just because the last time I watched it, my tastes were a lot more were a lot different than they were back then. So I was a little worried. But the first one, even though it has some some stuff that annoys me, I still think works really well overall. And I really like the performances and I think it's a really smart script. And I think this one just just goes a little too far in a lot of different directions that I didn't really care for. Even like I said, even though it's talking about stuff that I still agree with, it's just doesn't feel as clever to me. And I don't really like the characters as much. And I just don't think it's as sharp. And I think, as you said, the actual mystery at the center of it is less compelling. So there's a lot of stuff holding it back, but I still don't. Even, I still I don't hate it. No, like, you don't hate it. it you score. just think it's all right. I give it a good score when I walk. Yeah, I give it a good score when I walked out, and when I watched it again in the background the other night with my family, I enjoyed it considerably less than that, but I still don't hate it. Like, by the end, I still think it's generally enjoyable, but yeah, for each thing I like, there's two things that are holding it back, is what I would say. Yeah. So, that's that's it for, for Glass Onion. All that we really wanted to say about it was just updated, say, yeah, yeah those are our thoughts. That's yeah. it for that. One last movie that I'll mention. Okay. Even though I'm not finished with it, but I am very curious because I saw something today that kind of makes me interested to know what the end of the movie is, um, is Banshees of Inisherin. So I started this Mm -hmm. today because the recommendation of so many people and everyone talking about it and stuff. And I was very surprised to see that that's what the movie was. I, for some reason, thought it was like a serious like drama or anything like that. And it's dramatic. But it's very light, if that makes sense. Like, it's it's oddly playful, in my opinion. It, it handles, yeah. like, serious things about, like, uh, Barry Keoghan's character and ultimately what Brendan Gleeson is talking about. But I, I find it kind of comforting and, like, an easy watch, if that makes sense. How much have you seen? The first hour, I have, I think, like another 40 minutes or so left. So the last thing I saw, without spoilers, is the thing with the finger. So I've seen that, and I've seen Brendan Gleeson say, like, like, essentially, like, plead for him to stop, uh, like, hanging, like, 
trying to talk to him and all other stuff. So that's okay. as far as I've gotten. Right now, uh, I think the last scene is... Uh, God, I'm forgetting his name. Penguin. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell picked up the kid on the carriage, and now they're like driving away. Okay. So that's the last thing okay. I see. Does it get like overtly dark in the last hour? I still think there is a comedic touch to how dark it is, but by the end, it's I I personally find it very sad. Even though it's not like a, it's not like a. It's not meant to be like a make you cry kind of depressing kind of movie or just like make you really emotional or tear up. I just find it situationally between those two characters very sad that the, that that's the way things turned out is what I will say. It's not sad in the traditional sense, but viewing it as a friendship, I still I think it becomes very sad by the end. Very depressing, but it's not in a typical depressing movie way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like the setup of the movie is sad essentially like saying this character yeah. is much more fixated on i don't want to say death but fixated on the time that they have left on the earth and what mm-hmm. they want to use it for and how they want to essentially leave something behind it's interesting because this movie and um babylon and another movie i can't remember what it was but they all have something regarding like what is the legacy that we leave behind when we go yep. or when like it's all said and done after hundreds of years and stuff. So that I like understand, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't know. Like Colin Farrell's character just seems so warm and being with mm-hmm. him throughout most of the movie also makes it feel warm and kind of not light because ultimately like it is a serious movie, but it's an easy watch for me yeah but but there is something that i saw that was and maybe you liked it but it was regarding a character and they said talk about keeping this up for the bit or something like that oh yeah i'm like that tweet i thought you i thought you'd make a movie after you said you took your nap and you didn't so no i didn't so so i don't know like what's gonna happen with that but it does make me interested in finishing it because i Mm -hmm. i did want to finish it i just fell asleep yeah because i 3 p.m. naps when it's dark and cloudy <laughs> and my room is dark and the fan is going and it's an easy movie for me to watch. I'm out. I'm knocked asleep. And then I'll try to t- turn something else on to s- so that I can sleep and I'm not able to. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Well, I would say finish it and then we can talk about it. You, you me and Elena. Elena has also seen it. So three of us can talk about it. But yeah. yeah we can have a much better conversation once you finish it. And I think you'll understand what I'm saying a bit better. Yes. So there's that. Those are pretty much all the movies that I've seen and wanted to talk about. Uh, let me double check. See if there's anything I want to bring up before I move on. I haven't watched that much just cause I've been away and I haven't been watching any movies. No. Um, one thing I'll mention is that Elena and Bobby and I did a commentary of Die Another Day, the James Bond movie, and it's been on the shelf for a little while, but I think I'll finally upload that before the end of the year. So at some point in the next couple of days, I'll probably upload that. So that's something to look forward to. That was something I watched a couple weeks ago. And other than that, I think that's all I have to mention right now. All right. That's all we have to mention. Uh, this is probably going to end up being a shorter episode because next week is going to be our best of for the year. Nick, is there anything that you would like to mention regarding video games or anything? 
Um, just a little update that I started Elden Ring, and I'll have more to say about it probably next episode when I've played it more. Um, but I've played about four to five hours, I think. Maybe a little, actually, I think it's more than that now. I would have to I would have to go in and check. But and that's the first fifteen the first minutes big... of the game, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I beat the first big boss, and it took a lot of um, took a lot of tries and a lot of going back and backtracking and going through different stuff to level up that I didn't realize was so important until I just sped through. I sped through the sped through to the boss the first time, and then I didn't realize how much I missed out on on the way because. The game sort of leads you in one direction and it's supposed to make I think it's supposed to make you feel like totally like helpless against the boss. And they're supposed to go back and look at everything you missed, which I appreciate from a design standpoint, even though in the moment when you're losing that much, it's very frustrating. But I think the loop of this game is going to be frustrating, but also rewarding in the end, like a good boss battle is, even though this is on the extreme end of difficulty, which is obviously the gimmick of this game ultimately. Um, but through the first boss, I do enjoy the gameplay loop and I'm looking forward to playing it more. Yeah, I, I've played maybe like 40 minutes of it. And uh furthest I got was that door with the cannon. Oh, yeah. Yep, that, that's about as far as I got. I, I'm well, not just beyond there is the boss just beyond yeah. there. Yeah, so I'm not like playing it completely seriously or like really mm-hmm. trying super hard to do it. I'll hop in for maybe like 15, 20 minutes and then I'll just head out. But yeah. If you yeah, say that the boss that was... is right behind that door, is there a bonfire after there or whatever place of healing, whatever it's called? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. In in the little tunnel just past that cannon, um, you'll there will be a spot of grace or whatever it's called. Yeah, something like that. And you can and you and you can stop there. And, Beautiful. Um, and I am I am pretty sure you're probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are not high enough level for uh to fight that boss yet. So I think I'm um, like level three. I I would level three. What? Or you start I've, at like level I've, nine, don't you? Sorry, I, I've upgraded certain things, okay. I think, two times, like two or three okay. times. OK, yeah, I would still say try it just to try it, but you're probably ill-equipped for that. So you'll probably end up having to backtrack and go through some stuff that you you skipped over on your way there. Samurai starts at nine. Can you see what astrologer okay. starts at? Because yeah. that's what I went with, because I, from what I've seen of the magic in this game, it looks fun. So I would like to keep going with that. Um, but yeah, I haven't really played Astrology anything. Astrologer starts level six. Yeah, so I'm even less. So I'm even a lower level than you are when you start. Yeah. Um, but yeah. to be fair, I can also just sit back and do projectiles a lot easier mm-hmm. than a bow and arrow. So there's yeah. that. Uh, but other than that, just making my way through God of War still. Slowly right. but surely. Been streaming that. Yep, been streaming that. Have every episode highlighted so that Kevin can go back and look at them whenever he feels like it. Um, but other than that, we'll talk more about video games next episode when we uh mm-hmm. when we do our best of list. For video games, it's gonna be. Oof, I don't even know, dude. I have my list. I, I will. I don't really have one. I can say what games are not on there. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to go back uh, yeah. and look, but there's only, I mean, other than Elden Ring, which is still too early for me to tell, like, not really any games released last year that I can say outright loved, at least not that I've played yet. And there's a decent amount that I've missed, but for Nintendo and Xbox, I play most of the big new stuff, and none of that really, really hit for me, so. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. You did not play high on life. 
Come on. It's the game of the winter season. Uh-huh. Yes. Do you hate me? Do no, really I don't. I haven't, I haven't. I've played <laughs> maybe the first 20, 30 minutes of the game. I haven't even played yeah. a whole lot. Every clip I see on social media is exactly what I feared that game would be. And uh, not for me is, is my verdict there. Can, can, can you say it like Spike Lee? That's, yeah, Spike Lee. Wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> and then I start rolling around yeah, and jumping exactly. around in the background. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> While I'm dressed as Waluigi. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, there wasn't a new Mario trailer. No, okay. We talked about that last time. Yeah, we did talk about that last time. It was the clip. Wait, did you ever see mm-hmm. that clip? I don't think I ever went back and watched it. In oh, full, it's a double. But I, I'll show you. I'm, later. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'll show it. you. It's later. okay. I'm, I'm, t- I'm perfectly I'll fine. I'll show you when we're me. done with this. Okay. But I mean, all right, babe. Other than that, World Cup. World Cup. Yeah. So we rec- we recorded our last episode. I think the day before the semifinals happened with Argentina. I think maybe and. Yeah, it was. I think that's what was left, and then the finals would have been at the end of that week on that Sunday morning. Did you watch that full game, or you watched it with everybody? I woke up. I think thirty minutes into the half, mm. into the it's first half. Earliest for you. So I yeah. missed. I missed the first two goals. But yeah, so Argentina went up to nothing early, and then it looked like a fairly easy victory, and then those last twenty minutes were just total chaos. Yep. And uh, went to overtime. It's a hell of a game, like especially for someone like me who needed an excuse to get into soccer. Seeing a game like that, which is one of the best games ever played in any sport, that's a good way to get into the sport. It also sets the bar very high from the get go that it's nothing is going to ever be as good as this again. So that high that you're chasing might be difficult. But yes. yeah, that was a hell of a game. And I was rooting for Argentina the whole way. Put a little bit of money down on them uh, on FanDuel because I'm a little, I'm a sports betting fiend now, folks, and uh, won some money from that. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, that was a hell of a game. Went to overtime, which was very stressful. The overtime periods were. And then that was the first game I ever saw that went to penalty kicks, which was insane. Really? I feel like I saw another game that went to PKs. Well, I didn't didn't watch that many games. I watched Mm. before that. I watched the USA games and then some of the semifinal games. But that was all I had seen. So. Extra time. Sorry, Steph. I'm very sorry. Every other sport calls it overtime. Every other timed sport calls it overtime. Oh, you're talking Baseball about over... No, 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 no. Yes, extra time. Sorry, I thought she meant the yeah. PKs are called extra time. I'm like, no, I no, thought no, they're no. called penalty kicks. But yes. No, yeah. Yes, extra yeah. time. They don't call it a shootout, I don't think, like hockey does. Hockey has the same thing, and they call it a shootout. Yeah. No. I, I Speaking about time, I saw... Not time as a construct. Not that. Um, oh I was scrolling through TikTok, and I saw the most oh American thing ever which was in soccer why don't they just stop the clock uh when they need to go like <laughs> yep. do something and i'm like no no please don't do it no. it's like well they add the time at the end it's like yeah but you waste a lot of time mm-hmm. like doing nothing it's like but they add the time at the end of the half it's like but well that just doesn't make time. sense because in football you do and I'm like shut up football is the and this is not me explicitly hating on football this is me comparing the momentum of football versus uh, soccer. Football wastes a lot of time on nothing. Like I feel like that's pretty fair to say because they'll do the they'll have one team do their run and then they'll cut to a commercial break. Then they'll have the other team do their run. They'll cut to commercial break. The quarters end. They'll do a commercial break. The halftime. They'll do a commercial break. Like all oh, that other stuff. 
in football, you're in the game for the 45 minutes plus the extra time that they add at the end. And then you have the 15 minute break and then you come back for more game time. So it's done a lot quicker. Whereas in theory, football should only be 60 minutes because each quarter is 15 minutes, but it triples that time. Uh, Anyways, uh, soccer's momentum works for me. It doesn't need to be paused or anything like that. The way it runs is fine. It has, like, I think in, for this specific example, both sports have their pros and cons. I like having a little break in football to talk to people or check my phone or whatever. Um, but soccer is just, like, all the way through. And you'll have, we'll have little breaks like that, like, like, like moments that you would normally stop the clock. Like, you still have that happen. You'll have a moment to catch your breath or mm-hmm. to check something or get up real quick. Um, but, yeah, the constant rolling clock is not an issue that I have with it at all. Because, like, it all gets reallocated at the end. Exactly. Pretty closely. And even Maybe then, like. entirely it- accurately, but. Even then, it keeps you and the players still in the game. Like, you don't really have yeah. a second to stop and catch your breath or anything like that. Like, you keep going. The opposing team mm-hmm. isn't going to stop. You're not going to stop either. Like, you keep that momentum up until the half. So it yeah. builds up the suspense for when you finally do get a goal. It's a big mm-hmm. moment in the game. And it's not just for, like, World Cup games. Any football game that you watch like that, when you finally get that goal after doing many runs of attack runs, essentially, it becomes mm-hmm. very like impactful and it's good. Like a boss battle in Elden Ring. Yeah. Like just keep going. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Just keep uh, going. You'll get there. But as for the game itself, yeah, I, I watched it. It was me, Edith, and Max, and we were all watching it together. And that was mm-hmm. a fun time. Edith's a scumbag. Because she oh. she wanted the French to score a goal because she felt oh. bad. And then they scored two goals. Edith. This this would have been not Edith if it went the other way. And it came dangerously close to doing that. Yeah, it was it was real sad. Uh, when Edith was like, I just want them to score something. And Edith, I love you. I say this all jokingly. It's not your fault, but it was. She does seem like a I hope both teams have fun kind of person. Yeah, it was just one of those moments of like, did you really have to say something? Because now they're tied. It was mm-hmm. it was sad, but she, I mean, she jinxed it. They won in the end, so that's all that matters. It all worked out. But the big W won. for Messi. Big W for him. Yeah, the goat. Big W for Messi. Yeah, and I've been playing a shit ton of FIFA since then too. Yes, you have. I played one game of FIFA and then said, I'm good. I still I haven't played FIFA this. with Steph or anybody else. That's That still hasn't happened yet. That's yeah. got to happen at some point. Yeah, I played one game against Max, and I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. And then, and yeah, then I tried, played him in... You call M- me in as backup for that. <laughs> yeah, and then I played him in MLB, and he was having a miserable time. Hey, that's what we love to hear. He, he uninstalled the game right after. Oof. Yeah, that's that's a mega oof. He got mad when I, I started probably... loading bases for him. <laughs> <laughs> I loaded he up all the bases and he was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> he never scored. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. I love it. Good stuff. But yeah, yeah that, it was a good that's the, World that's Cup. The, uh, yeah, it was a good World Cup. Got me kind of into soccer. I've been watching a couple of Premier League games since then. Trying to find a team to get into, even though I don't have the time to watch like I'm able to at least follow all the NFL games every Sunday. They cut back and forth on red zone. Um, 
but getting in watching every team in uh premier league is going to be a little bit difficult but i have peacock and so that's a little entry point i can just watch games on there and they have replays on there if i have the time um steps to support leads because they're the huge underdog i mean i could but also might want my team to be winning a little bit as i'm getting into the sport or else it might turn me away before i become too big of a fan um i mean i don't know but yeah I'll, I'll figure it out, but I want to keep watching the sport, and we have a couple months until MLS starts, and we do have a local MLS team here in Kansas City, even though it's not the best soccer I'm aware, but it's at least a local team for me to be into. MLS is just atrocious. There's I'm, a reason why people say you go to the MLS to retire. Well, yeah. yeah. And if I get to see Messi in person, and that's how I do it, then I'll do it. Then Major W. But yeah, yeah, the MLS. It's fun. It's just fun to have a. It's fun to have a sports team in my town. Another one to root for. That's that's fun. Hi, Arcadio. Hey, Arcadio. Football is over. He says, "Yeah, it is," and that means I'm yeah. winning some Monday tonight. Let's go. Or watch the league. I think you should folks. watch the league. That's what I think. Uh, what's the league? What does it air on? Let's see. The league football. Uh, they mentioned uh, whatever the French league is is on like Fubo, hmm. which I don't have. I don't know where you can watch. Uh, ESPN looks like. Is that ESPN or maybe ESPN Plus? Let's see La Liga videos. Yeah, ESPN Plus. Okay, I do have that. I could do that. So I have avenues I could go down. Premier League is the most easily accessible, and like it's got. It's got some big stars and stuff like that. And it's probably the like for accessibility, that's the most that's the easiest route for me to get into it and to keep following it, probably. But yeah, I'm not opposed to any of these other options. I just need to have the time for it. Yes. But yeah. That that's pretty much all of our uh football talk. You guys did get me on a all football podcast. Talk. Uh-huh. 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 Give me that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there's still a chance that your Pittsburgh Steelers make the NFL playoffs. Is there actually? Yeah, they I are, thought it's Bills um, right now and someone else, right? Yeah, there's seven teams that go into. Oh god, my my video got frozen. Um, Dang. there's seven teams that get into the playoffs from each conference, and there the Steelers go. might slip into the seventh spot. It's close wow. for them. And they they had a bad start to the year. And they Let's go, Roethlisberger. Like, He's retired. I, I don't know. He's also he's also a bad person. I, I know he's a bad person. That was the joke. <laughs> okay, okay. See, I didn't know if you knew that because it's you and football. You so. told me this already. Oh, did I? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think on like episode two of this show last year, I think you mentioned being a Steelers fan. I'm like, you're from Arizona. How do you like the Steelers? You should hate the Steelers. Listen, it was that 2007 Super Bowl. 2008. 2008 Super your Bowl. Your hometown team, and you decided yes. to just adopt them. Yes. Because everyone was like, oh, yeah, Cardinals are going to win. And I was like, I'm the contrarian. It will be the Steelers. And the Steelers won. Cardinals were an underdog, I'm pretty sure. Who was at that time? Was that Kurt? Kurt Warner? Yeah, he was a quarterback. Mm. They were kind of thought of as a little engine that could kind of team because Kurt Warner was old. They had Larry Fitzgerald, who yeah. was good, like really good. And Anquan Bolden was there at the time, I think, and he was good. But yeah, who they was had the like other one? a two-year oh, run. Was Tebow also on the Cardinals at some point? In Tebow? No. I don't know. Is I just Carson Palmer? No, I'm just thinking about names that I knew around that time. 
and just seeing. Yeah, Tim Tebow joined the league, I think, 2011, I think was when he got drafted, 2010, 2011. Yeah. So it was a couple years after that. Yeah, no. But yeah, that was the one Cardinals Super Bowl appearance was that 08, uh, Super Bowl 43 from the 08 season. Yep. But that's pretty much all the football you're going to get out of me. Okay. He predicts the Bills for a Super Bowl, folks, I think. Yes, we're going with the Bills Mafia. Okay, Bills Mafia. Throwing people through tables and getting a blizzard on you. That's what Bills Mafia life is. Listen, the Bills Mafia is all about throwing snowballs at the opposing team <laughs> to get a penalty oh. for the Bills. I was so annoyed by you when we were having that stupid fucking debate. I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. I love you, but I was so annoyed by you at that time. <sighs> It felt like a Club Penguin thing where you would just throw snowballs at the people. That's why he liked it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Harley's trying to bring us back to Elden Ring. I don't have anything for Elden Ring. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll have that more game. next week. Yeah. I booted up Skyrim, killed someone, and then closed the game. Did you boot it up just to kill someone? No, I booted up Skyrim just because. And my and I was doing a Dark Brotherhood quest. Where I had to kill someone. So I talked to this dude mm -hmm. who's like, oh yeah, you have to go talk to this person over here in this inn. You're not going to kill me, right? And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. And then immediately kills him. <laughs> I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. So now I have a fine in some place. You got a bounty on your head? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it like a low enough bounty that the guard's just going to be like, wait, I know you. No, like that no, no, no. They're chasing bounty. me. It's like 1,000 yeah. plus? Yeah. I think Ooh. I might have more bounties in that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a menace in Skyrim. It's been, it's been a couple years since I played that. How do you pay your bounties off? How do you get to the point where you can? You get captured by the guards and then they Oh. I think you get captured right, by right. them and then you're and then they're like you have to break out. Pay this. Yeah. Oh, you either have to pay it or you break out. Right. Yeah, That's right. I think. I don't know. They, is, they'll is correct it time us. for another Skyrim run? That's a game I could actually do like Stealth a Archer run because I've played it before. <laughs> Oh, I've never done the stealth run. How have you never done stealth archer? It's like I the don't have Skyrim the for that. I want to jump. I want to run up at someone, hit them with a mace or a sword, and go on about my day. That's always how I am with RPGs. Speaking of mace, we didn't talk about Andor. Always. Oh yeah, you can talk about Andor now. I finished Andor finally. Yeah, look at you. After like look half a year of you, I did I'm a it. Star Wars fan than you. Wow, that's toxic, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Did you watch Clone Wars? Irrelevant. Moving on. Wow, that's an L. Listen, I watched all seven seasons of Clone Wars. I'm a bigger nerd than you. Uh -huh. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, Andor's good. Uh, specifically, the it back is? half. The first half is pretty mm -hmm. slow, and I feel like you could cut around some of it or like trim it down a bit. But the last half, really good. Yeah, I still think it's a good kind of slow burn in the first half. But yeah, the back half is is better. Um, yes. Yeah, spec like especially the whole prison arc, as we alluded to last time, is the best stuff. Oh, it's so good. It's such it a is. good arc. Andy Circus is good. Do you know that? Uh, listen, I did not know that. You didn't know that until watching Andor? <laughs> no, I knew Andy Circus was good. Listen, okay, my experience okay. with Andy Circus is just let there be carnage. He wasn't even in that. I didn't see it. Yeah, he was. He played. Yeah. I think he did the mocap for Venom and Carnage. Did he? I think. He directed it, but like, he, he directed didn't, it. He wouldn't have done the mocap for the first one. No, he didn't. 
I think he did it for this one, though. All right, I got to look that up now. I yeah, look see. it up, please. Let me look at IMDb. I don't remember. Venom. Let me, I know, I'm just going to Google it. I never heard anything Andy. about him doing mocap. Circus. Circus. Venom. Mocap. Uh... Tom Hardy called Andy Serkis for Venom motion capture help before deciding to use CGI. Uh, that was for 2018. What about Let There Be Carnage? Helped him direct Venom 2. So maybe he didn't, but I know he directed it. Nope. Yeah, I know he directed it, but I don't think he himself did the motion capture work. Wait, it does feel weird that he directed that, doesn't it? Just it, very it does. random. He did like, Jungle Book know, or like, Mowgli. And then he, uh, lead Legend of the Jungle, and then that. And then that. What an interesting filmography. Yes, indeed. And he, like, he was second unit director on the Hobbit movies. Like, he's got just strange crew credits to his name. I mean, he's very talented. Let the dude no, do yeah, stuff. No, yeah, no, I, I still think I want him to do something other than, uh, just motion, motion capture CGI capture. movies like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause neither of those movies were particularly good, even though I like Venom for the stupid movies that they are. I want to see him if he now, can hold do on. Else. He I killed his role movie. as Snoke. He did. Like for, for the limited, <laughs> for the limited role he had, he did well. He was chewing up that scenery in The Last Jedi in particular. Yeah. What was Snoke cooking? <laughs> what was Snoke cooking? What was he cooking? <laughs> <laughs> that stupid oh, image. But what yeah. was he doing while all the other Snokes are being grown in vats and uh, on uh, Exegol? What was he doing there? I think we should stop here with the Star Wars oh, talk. before before <laughs> things get Skywalker, we're pulling the plug. <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about Andor <laughs> and we can get all Andor's good, guys. It really is. I, I don't know if you've heard it this. I know that it didn't get good. as big of an audience, but I kind of feel like the first couple episodes are not great to get an audience, but I understand why they're there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. It Andor was good. Solo was good. These projects that kind of seem not pointless, but interesting picks to say the least. Yep. Have ended up being some of the better star Wars stuff in the last couple of years. AKA the stuff I shouldn't care about actually turned out pretty good. Yeah. And the Obi-Wan show, meanwhile. Okay, okay. I'm not I'm not gonna do it right now. Not gonna do it right now. Let's just stop there. Move on, move on, please. Move on. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add. I think that's it for this week's episode. A lot shorter because we only had a mm-hmm. couple things that we wanted to really address for this one. But thank you guys for watching for this entire year for helping us get through. Another one. We'll be back in 2023 uh, one. with more stuff and more content. We say that every year and we never put out more content. I think this year we put out less content. Oh yeah, this year we definitely did, just because we were both busy at various points. Yeah. We're we're busy. Things should be easier soon in a couple ways. At least I mean, for you, you don't have a school schedule. Yeah. I still have a work schedule to, to work around. And we have some talking to do about plans for stuff, but I think schedule-wise, next year, at least for a while, will be easier for both of us. So exactly. we'll hopefully do more stuff more consistently, and we'll try and figure out some new stuff for you guys. Yep. Things I would like to accomplish in 2023. Getting a Chicken Little commentary out. Getting a GeForce commentary out. And doing a Christmas commentary for next year. 
Yeah, I forgot to do it, or not forgot, but we just ran out of time to do a Christmas thing. Yes, because you were in Denver. You were in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado Springs, actually. During it. So, that's yeah. all we got. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you guys in the new year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.